0: In case you missed me on The John Batchelor Show, I'm posting it up on the Devin Nunes podcast. Thanks for listening.
1: This is the Friends of History Debating Society. I'm John Batchelor welcoming podcaster Devin Nunes, Californian Devin Nunes, author Devin Nunes of Countdown to Socialism, and congressman Devin Nunes. I call upon the Californian Devin Nunes first because there's smoke. There's smoke all around us. Devin, you're at home in The San Joaquin Valley, the bread and fruit basket of the universe. However, you're looking outside and seeing smoke filling into the crops, filling into the roadways. Where's the smoke coming from? Good evening to you.
0: Thanks, John. Always a pleasure to be on with you. So I was gone from California for a little over a week. We had some major rainstorms that came through, which were a relief for most of the state. Some areas got some record rainfall. So I thought I was going to come back and land into clear skies because a lot of the places the fires actually were put out. So I landed in the southern part of the San Joaquin Valley and landed into what I thought was maybe fog because a lot of times after we get a rainfall, you get the heat in the valley floor, you'll get fog that rises. We get some very thick fog in the in the dead of, of winter. It's called the Thule fog, if people around the country you've ever driven through here, it can be very, very dangerous late at night because the fog comes up from from the valley floor. So that's what I thought it was, just an early fog based on the rain. And then got out, off the airplane out of the airport, I could smell smoke again. So the last few days, I'm getting ready to leave back to Washington. The last few days, I've just been inundated with, with smoke here. So it'll kind of clear out and at night, and then the winds will shift, and then it comes comes back down. So first thing in the morning it was clear then all of a sudden you walk back outside and it's it's smoky again so the fire is basically contained from what we can tell there's no structures or giant sequoia trees that are being threatened but the fires are just smoldering burning very very slowly and if the wind shifts that smoke comes back down into the valley that makes it you know very very nasty almost uh uninhabitable on my one of my daughters played soccer yesterday and it was uh Pretty nasty out there. This
1: is the KNP complex fire that damaged the Sequoia Forest, which is east of you, and the Sierra Madre. And that's said to be contained, but what you're reporting is even with containment, you're smelling the the damage that was done to the trees. They're going to take down a great number of trees that have been Not the big ones, not the famous General Sherman, but a great number of trees. And so the smoke comes to you because the wind shifted? Is it it because of the rain that the smoke came to you?
0: Well, the winds always shift. You know, sometimes the wind doesn't move. Winds come down off the Sierras, and the smoke just spills into the valley. So for the most part, there was so much rain that all the fires up north. So if you go so the, the big central valley, that's the San Joaquin Valley that starts in Bakersfield, goes to Sacramento, and then you have the Sacramento Valley so this that goes all the way to the north. So you've got the Sacramento Valley, then the San Joaquin Valley. Together make the, the big central valley. So think of it on a map, Bakersfield in the south and Redding all the way in the north. Well, this major storm, almost a record-breaking storm, uh, I believe, from, from what I understand, put out all of the fires for – or half of the San Joaquin Valley, the Sierra Nevada that runs through the central part all the way up to, to Redding. I think most of those fires got, got put out. But in the southern part, we got a re- very good rainstorm, but not – we welcome it because typically we don't get a lot of rain in October. Most of the crops are off, so we welcomed it. But let's just say that, that we got about an inch of rain where up in – I know that I talked to some of my colleagues that were up in the northern part of the, the central valley in the Sacramento part – they got close to five inches of rain. So that rain came through off the Pacific, hit San Francisco, hit the hit the valley, uh, record rainfall, went into the Sierras, put those fires out. But by us, it just wasn't enough. And so, I yeah landed back here, and uh, now we've just had several days of uh, of smoke, not the ash like we had you know that went on for about a month this year, two months last year. By the way, we had we had ash, so no ash falling that I can that I can see but definitely you can smell uh, the smoke in the air still.
1: You come back to gasoline prices. Now, various prices throughout the very large state with the ambition, says the governor, to go all-electric by 2035. My colleague Jeff Bliss reports 450 to $5 in the Orange County, L.A. County area. San Francisco is reporting an average of 450 to $5. I know on the Nevada California border as of last Sunday night it was 638 what are you paying in the San Joaquin Valley around Fresno
0: It for the most part John you can still find gas for a little less than $5 so extremely high very damaging to my constituents who in the San Joaquin Valley if you work you know a lot of the places you have to drive pretty long ways to work especially if you're in in the agricultural uh, industry. Whether you're working in agriculture, you got to drive out to a field to go to work, or drive to different communities. It's also very costly because we have to move our products around, so that of course increases the transportation costs. And I've talked to a lot of uh, a lot of people that are in the ag industry here who have said that their transportation costs have doubled. So, not like we talked about last week. So, not only do you have the problem of not being able to export your products out of the country. It's also now costing you double if you can find transportation to get your product, whatever it may be from the San Joaquin Valley, shipped to anywhere. And that's you know doubled in, in just the last six, seven months From because of, because of the fuel prices.
1: From vehicles, motor vehicles, we go to the solution, said Governor Brown, and Governor Newsom when he was first in, which is the bullet train from Los Angeles to San Francisco. The part, as I understand, that's built, and you and – Victor Davis Hanson have talked about it, is in the San Joaquin Valley. However, I learned that there's trouble along the right-of-way. One couple, the Diaz's, south of Fresno, say that the property around them was taken over by the authority, the rail authority, and yet nothing happened. And so, the land wasn't poss- uh, properly grubbed. They call it grubbing. And they're surrounded by pests who live in the fallow land. They're also saying the Rail Authority took the water from their aquifer so that at their fountain and in their farm they don't have adequate water supply. This is one couple south of Fresno. It reminds me that the unbuilt bullet train is a puzzle for the whole nation. There's said to be money in the infrastructure plan that Nancy Pelosi has yet to follow uh, to pass at Congress. The, The bullet train, is it seen as a as a benefit or a a, tr- a challenge for the San Joaquin Valley? And you tell me that Representative McCarthy, Representative Valdeo, Representative Costa all have pieces of the bullet train flowing through their districts, and I think you have a small piece as well, Devin.
0: Yeah, so it, it essentially a run, runs uh, through the Valdeo district, runs all the way along uh, my district, so it kind of runs through the central part of the valley. I'm more tucked up along the, the east side and then get into the city of Clovis and, and, and North Fresno. So what, what they were clever to do, this is just corruption at the highest level. So if you're on the take, so if you're a contractor, an engineering company, you may not like the project, and many of them have told me, hey, I think this is a boondoggle. I think it's a waste of taxpayer dollars, but we're making money off of this. I mean, just down the street from me and you know, just in my, in my district, there's a whole uh, a new company that's emerged that's got – probably 50, 60 trucks that sit there and they're just moving dirt, moving dirt all day. Now, John, keep in mind, just for the listeners to understand, this project was started as a reward to two Democrats who voted for Obamacare. So if you may remember, uh, what was old is now new again, but Obamacare barely passed in the House of Representatives by just a few votes. It was a bribe using the Obama stimulus dollars, similar to the slush fund that Biden has created earlier this year that I think ultimately will be used to fat pass whatever bill they're going to come up with here, uh, whatever structure they're going to come up with here in the in the, the waning days as they try to piece their, their boondoggle together. Well, just go back in time. They used the Obama stimulus money to bribe the last two votes, two guys that represented the San Joaquin Valley, to vote for it in order to get money for the high-speed rail so that's how long this project has been going on so there's a lot of grifters that are that are that have been using this and what they've done it's also a combination of developing fake news narratives so the fake news has always supported this for whatever reason they you know probably went to japan one time and saw how good those trains run and said wow this is really cool if we could only be like japan or, or china so Real left wingers, you know, command and control. Let's push everybody into trains so that we'll all feel good about ourselves. You know, that seems to be the fake newsrooms around uh, California have all supported this. Now, a few have now determined, you know, figured out there's been a lot of people on the dole, a lot of corruption. Well, conveniently, what they did when they went out to start to build this, gosh, I guess it has been a decade ago when they when they first started, they built the locations that people could see from the freeway first so wherever you get the most passengers going by and that's what we call they look like old Roman ruins or Greek ruins they're 50 60 70 feet tall going over highway highway 99 and at first there was like oh wow it's getting finished well now those have been sitting there for nearly a, a decade with nothing happening actually graffiti all over them weeds growing up and now they've purchased all the property so you're talking about they, instead of going through what was desert and land that had never been farmed before, they could have easily done that. But, of course, the environmental group said, no, 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 you can't go through that. That's pristine. Instead, we have to go take out farmers and farm workers and cities and everything else. So they went the most expensive route from Bakersfield all the way through Fresno. So they've had to, they've had to spend millions of dollars buying up farmland. And now what you see, like the example, John, you just gave me, you see these farms that are now sitting there, and it's just like the forest. If you don't go up and thin the forest out, guess what? This area, things grow fast because you get a lot of heat units. Over 300 different crops grow here. Well, if nobody's tending to it, you go by and you'll see dairy farms that have been completely abandoned, that have now been purchased, that now are owned by this government entity, with weeds and, and tumbleweeds just growing all the way through it, rusting. Homeless people moving in—it is—it is quite a sight to see. And so now you also have these people that are, you know, weren't fortunate enough that are still sitting there, living there. So there's just nothing. The infrastructure is rotting. Weeds are going everywhere. You've got all these traffic running around with these these trucks as they move dirt. But you know, this is at, at this pace, John. I don't care how much money they throw at it for just 150 miles of bullet train. I don't see how they'd have this track completed in, in another, I would say, at least a half a decade before they even have the track completed. That's only 150 miles, and that doesn't include the train itself. Plus, you know, people call it the train to nowhere, which is not very nice to people who live here. We don't think we're we're, we're nowhere, but but I think you can say most people would admit a lot of people don't travel on a daily basis from Fresno to or Merced, which is in the northern part of it, to Bakersfield. It's just not a place that people will travel. They don't travel now. They're not going to travel in the future. So after 15 to 20 years, what will likely be $20, $30 billion, uh, you're going to have absolutely nothing to show for it. And keep in mind, we have this, Victor Davis Hanson talked about it, I talked about it on your show, we have the very worst freeway, Highway 99. The state leaders, L.A., San Francisco, Sacramento have stopped us from making that an interstate. It's the worst and most dangerous freeway in America. And despite the fact we've continued to to push to get to get that project funded, uh, this money that's going in this bullet train not only would have made that a, the Highway 99 an interstate, we probably could have widened I-5, made 99 an interstate, and also built a whole new freeway that would have given us three thoroughfares through the valley which is what we've really needed for for a long time because you know we're the we're the last stop halfway between LA and San Francisco uh we don't have the population base here so but we have a population that's growing but we have lack of votes because we don't have communists elected here we have republicans so they give us whatever pennies they have left over uh except for the billions of dollars that have gone into this high-speed rail project that just made things even worse and really just a, an eyesore. Like I said, at best, you can describe it as Roman or Greek ruins. At worst, you could just say it's big cement pillars with graffiti all over them.
1: Your California population is growing, however, Debra, and I learned from Sacramento Bee that the illegal crossings at the California border reached the highest level since 2008, uh, the past 12 months, Mexico to California. Do you see the migrants coming into the San Joaquin Valley?
0: Well, I was down there a few, a few months ago. Uh, it's, it's at the border. Look, Texas is by far, far worse. But I think overall, my guess is they're underestimating these numbers. So I look at it big picture for the United States. We're probably going to have three to four million people move into the United States. Now look, they're going to spread out everywhere. I, I must say, even though my area is growing in the, the San Joaquin Valley, uh, for the first time in California's history, we actually shrank as a population, even when you include immigration. I think what people are really looking at now is that you know we have the high, you know the highest uh, Medicaid usage in in the United States. That's largely due to uh, likely people that aren't insured, likely people that are here I- illegally. So that problem continues to manifest itself in terms of spending. But I think over the last few days, what you see people with the number one thing I'm hearing when I'm out talking to folks is, wait a second, why are we now pe- paying people that came into this country illegally and now they're talking about paying them about a half a million dollars for their trouble to come into this country? Um, it's, I, I think this is an issue that tears at the fabric of our society you have people that have worked their whole life, and then you have someone who comes up um, and they get taken into this country, they get taken care of, they get housed, they get fed, um, and then ultimately they get released out into the public. And now we're going to pay them half a million dollars for their troubles. This is absolutely maddening. And I don't see how this stands. The only thing that's standing in the way is that you still we still have that problem that I have to always talk about. And that is that the Democrats run the propaganda machine. They own all the news or pretty much all the news. And then you have the, the censorship that comes from the social media companies. So you still have half of America, I guarantee you, John, doesn't even know that this is happening. But at the same time, you have half of America who does, and people are outraged by it, which they should be. I mean, to pay people $500,000 that came to this country illegally, it's 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 just corrupt.
1: Devin Nunes, Californian Devin Nunes, podcaster Devin Nunes. Uh, the Congressman Devin Nunes is coming up next because he's headed back to Washington where all these decisions are made about the border between Mexico and the United States. But we're going to talk about taxes. We're also going to talk about the Biden agenda that has not happened yet. This is Friends of History Debating Society. I'm John Batchelor.